Josh Levi is a singer-songwriter from Houston, Texas. He first gained attention for his role in the NBC TV series Friday Night Lights. He then gained further prominence as a finalist on the third season of The X Factor. In 2021, he signed to Issa Rae's radio and Atlantic Records. Josh then voiced the character of Aaron Z from the fictional boy band Four Town in the Pixar animated film Turning Red, which earned him his first Billboard Hot 100 charting hit with Billie Eilish. He was then nominated for his first Grammy due to this track's success. This is Josh Levi. Very, very special guest today. One of my favorite <laughs> people in the whole world, Josh, ah. Le- Josh Levi. I have been looking forward to this uh, this episode for a long time. Thank you so much for for taking the time, Josh. Welcome. What it do, man? I'm happy to be here. You're the man. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, how are you doing? It's 2023. We have a lot to, to dig into, but um, are you excited for this year? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. How, do you, how are your cortisol levels? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful these days. Um, of course, I have like a bunch of ambitions and goals and aspirations and crazy shit i'd like to accomplish wait can i cuss absolutely not you're fired this is over we're done no yeah you can cuss. <laughs> you can absolutely you can cuss <laughs> <laughs> i'm still gonna try not to but yeah man i'm really excited for this year i'm gonna give it my all i i see so many things that i'd like to do but I'm also just taking it day by day and being super, super grateful as if tomorrow isn't even a thing. So that's kind of where my head is at, man. Amazing. Well, one of the one of the reasons I love you know working with you so much is because you're so directly involved with the process. You know, you're not one of those artists or or people that just leaves it up to a bunch of other people to to do the work. Like you are involved in every single detail, every single aspect. That's why, you know, at the end of the day, it's your vision. It's uh, you're, you're saying what you want to say and creating art that you want to create. And, um, you know, that's that's I feel like that's an important step for all artists is to uh, really be involved in all aspects of of the art. So are you going to continue that trend moving forward? Are you going to be, um, you know, maybe you're going to direct a music video this year yourself or, or how is that going to go this year? I'm sure I'll still be directing stuff and doing all that. Honestly, man, it's like in my, it's in my chemistry. It's in my, uh, it's innately in me to be super hands-on with everything that has my name on it. I don't know why. It's just like, to me, it's just how it's supposed to go. Like, I don't know a way to not do it like that. Um, in any world, or any universe where something isn't doesn't have the integrity or doesn't connect with who i am is a is a nightmare to me and a jump scare <laughs> uh, that is like i just i just did an interview the other day and there and damn i wish i had like it at the top of my head but they asked me like how important it is for me to be um super invested into all the details and I was and I think I responded by saying like that's the only way I know how to do it and by not doing that I think you leave opportunity and you you open up an opportunity to be someone that you're not and that is is like my actual biggest fear um so yeah I'm, I'm committed to like 
doing everything that feels really good to me. I understand, you know, how the business goes and how all this shit goes. But at the end of the day, like I really, I really do have a vision and I'm really, um, I'm really loyal to that and committed to that for sure. Well, I'm so excited to see the the Josh Levi world grow and expand and and flourish this year. Um, but even though you've had a lot of accomplishments, you know, even in the last, you know, six months, even um, I want to go back because you are not new to this creative world, this music world. You've been in it for a long time um, since you were really young. Um, when did you move? You're from Houston, right? From Houston, Texas. I was born in Chicago. Um, okay. My- moved to Houston when I was like maybe like a year one one or two years old so super super young like Chicago is just not like the ideal place to raise a family uh, and so so I, I was raised and I grew up in Houston Texas yep amazing and when did you move to LA I went to LA when I was like 13 14 um, so a lot of people try to discredit me and be like, you're not from Texas. You're not from Houston. <laughs> and I was like, nah, because my childhood years, my, yep. my formative years were in Texas. Like, that's where I learned about life. And then when I went to LA, like my teenage years and adulthood is like in LA, but um, no one stays in their like hometown, hometown forever. Either they go to college or like they like move at some point or whatever. Like that's kind of how I see it. Like my childhood years of like my first date, my first kiss, my first girlfriend, my first performance, my first everything, Texas. So you got Texas in the blood and I don't know, I just feel like even um, therapists or psychologists will say like the ages of two, I think it's two to seven, either two to seven or two to eight are like, you're, you're really like when your brain is the most malleable and you're learning the most, um, uh, and yeah, so I feel like for people to try to discredit anyone for that matter to say, Oh, you're not from Texas, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like that, like you said, that's your formative years. That's when you're learning what it's like to be a human and a kid and your imagination is just running free. Um, so, so yeah, don't, yeah listen, don't listen. for music, for me, like that's where I created my relationship with music began too. So I think that's why it's uh it's such a foundation for me like as a place because that's where I fell in love with um just every facet of music that makes up who I am now like I love bass and I love percussion and I love um production and hip-hop because because of Houston um I love like R&B music and soulful voices and because of Houston, because I, I grew up singing in church and I was just always hearing like amazing voices all the time. Uh, Cause that's just all my dad played. That's all my mom played. It was never like MTV on TV. It was never anything pop culture. It was always gospel. Um, so that I think definitely just hearing amazing voices all the time helped me to just always hear excellence, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and yeah, electric guitar is my favorite um, instrument. And I was around amazing musicians, like all of the things that make up me and that I now love started and began and, and 
was given birth from Houston. Well, it's clear that those influences, you know, had a big impact on you because you have an amazing voice. That's what a lot of people, you know, know you for is is your voice and your writing and 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 all that. So, you know, for you um, to not be less influenced by the culture of things and more influenced by like the rawness of ha- being gifted with such a an amazing voice uh, really translates well now because. I mean, your music is incredible and and the writing is great too. So it's good that you were influenced by um, the real ones, the OGs of of pure talent. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful for that. So you, you know, you know, you had a brief uh, career too in the acting space too. Talk about that. You uh, like what, what, at what point did you decide, you know, Hey, music is for me. Like you tried the acting thing a little bit. Um, did you enjoy that? Did you not enjoy it? Like what ultimately led you to pursue strictly writing music and, and performing? I love the last word you said, I love performing. So I, as a kid, like it really didn't matter what it was. I mean, yes, technically I was always the most passionate about music. Like that's something I feel like I could do in my sleep and it's just something that like was just a part of who I am like it wasn't even it just is like breathing like music is just who I am but I love performing and so when you're young like there's a lot of music opportunities yes but at moments and at times there's more opportunities to like act and do theater and like do things because people just love to see kids like um entertain and and so for me there was just a lot more opportunities that came for me as a, as a young kid to do shit in like TV and film. And so I just ran with it in hopes that it would lead me to like being the rock star that I still wanted to be. Um, so my first acting job was this show Friday Night Lights on NBC for two seasons that shot in Austin, Texas. And that's kind of what led me back and forth to LA because I had an acting agent in Texas and then they were like you should do go to LA like here and there on one-offs to do auditions for Disney and Nickelodeon and like these big casting calls and you should get an agent that's also in LA just so that can that can be reaching out and doing things on your behalf there so that's what led me to LA and I would come back and forth from Texas to LA for like a week or a weekend or whatever until I saw so much of the music and entertainment and like more rock star side of LA and one day I told my mom I think we gotta be there full time like we should we should be there and she didn't have answers or the money I don't think and she just was like okay cool well let's figure it out let's let's pack and let's go and then here we are now so <laughs> I mean it's amazing I I feel like anyone that has that innate feeling or, or, or gut feeling of of when to jump on something or do something um you can't really explain it or put it into words it's just a feeling that you have and um you know a lot of people uh specifically that whether it's in music or even on my side with with you know video editing or or um directors or such stuff like that one of the first things that people talk about is like you know contracts and money and deals like that seems like it's always the awkward part of 
you know, yeah. growing as an artist or as an individual is like, okay, when money is involved, some people might not know what to say or what to do or how deals are, uh, business deals are structured. A lot mm -hmm. of that is, is done by, um, you know, executives or people that are much older. And since you kind of got into that space at such a young age, uh, you know, how did you, or, you know, whether your mom, it was your mom or your agent, you know, how did you know that you were being set up for, um, success when it came to, you know, contracts or negotiating business deals, uh, at such a young age? Well, fortunately my mom is really smart and she, that is a blessing because she never signed me up, set me up to fail. She never signed me up to get into anything that she wasn't sure about or she wasn't familiar with or she just wasn't um, competent enough about or educated enough on. We always, which I still find myself doing, we always paced ourselves um, because there were a lot of, a lot of, opportunities early on where like so many different deals and producers and executives wanted to do deals with me and just wanted to like go into business and collaborate on like a in a business capacity like as a kid and here I am like from Texas like not in with any background anyone from my family any background in the entertainment business just being like okay and my mom's response and like tone and approach to everything was always like thanks for um showing interest and seeing what i see in my son just uh stand by and like let's let's figure this out and so she kind of treated me like an adult um growing up to where we just consulted with about everything and we talked everything through we asked around and kind of just trusted our gut and trusted god and to kind of navigate this whole world that we were so fresh and new in um, um, to the point where we just collected knowledge and collected information. And then I eventually got a business degree um, and went to college. I've been homeschooled my whole life. So I, I graduated early and then um, I was like, why don't you just go ahead and get a degree? And I was like, I don't really need one mom. And she was like, but you're so smart and you've excelled um, on the scholar side of things outside of creative and art and music. Why not have that knowledge on top of just your brain creatively to add to what you're doing? And so like when I was like 18, I pursued that and did an online like three-year degree program at Full Sail University and got my business degree. So I'm grateful for that too, her pushing me to do that because now I have a little bit more of a knowledge. It was so expensive, but <laughs> I have. <laughs> well, that's the education system today. It's, you know, it, it um, I, I do, I do believe in it. You know, I, absolutely. I think that there are, there's a, a tremendous amount of value in, you know, having an education. And even like you just said, you can take those um, things that you learn and translate that into the deals that you're making now. And that way it's not like a just sign here or, Oh, whatever you handle it. Like you also like, I feel like you are directly involved in that side of things just as much as you are in the creative vision and, and, and all that, because you want to understand all aspects of like, what is driving this force of Josh Levi. Um, so, you know, I think it really is important for a lot of people out there to, um, you know, it may seem 
tough or difficult at first. I know you can attest to this because when you're a true full-blown artist, like those things might just be like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I don't care. But like, those are the things that can really either propel you or screw you in the end. So it is actually extremely important. <laughs> Sometimes it's the most important. Sometimes like, it's not even about the the art. It's not even about like the the music um, because music is a business, unfortunately, which is what I hate about what I do. Um, here comes the part where I'm not as positive. Uh, <laughs> I I love I love music, man. I love I love having a gift that I can share, and I love creating things that people that I have never met and connect with and see themselves in. However, music is not just that anymore. Maybe it never was just that solely. Um, there's a whole like business side of it now. So. Um, well, there's a whole business side of it, period. So it to, in order to succeed and to thrive, you really do have to have an understanding of it or you'll just get lost or you'll just, it'll like, you won't, your punch won't hit as hard um, or you won't reach as many people or you'll get screwed. So it's, so it is like an imperative part of, of, of it all. Um, so I force myself to like, I pride myself on understanding an assignment and then determining to to master that and figure it out and for me like I realized early as a kid like oh this shit is not just about music like it's a whole other side to this like it's it's not as simple as me singing and me writing songs like oh it's like kind of complicated so that also gave me like the enthusiasm to learn I love it well you're you know you've been in the game quote unquote for a while and i think that a lot of people another thing that's important too is like playing knowing how to play the the long game and understanding that um when when you're committed to it as a career um you know there is a longevity to it that is required and i'm sure there was points when you questioned yourself or doubted yourself and then there was other days when you were on top of the world and um you know it's just a part of the not only the artist journey but also the human experience um you know in any industry in any career in any life anyone will understand that it's all about ups and downs and ups and downs and i think for you um with all the success that you've seen even in the last year um, you know, none of that would be possible without those formative years of, of learning the ins and outs of the business, discovering who you are as an artist, how you want to communicate your story and, and your art. Um, so yeah, like I, I want to go, I want to stick to that era, you know, when you were growing up and eventually you, um, met Cooper, Cooper was just on, uh, the podcast a few episodes ago. Uh, I want to know, I, I don't think I know, but I want to know how you guys came together and eventually met and, um, how he became your manager. Who's Cooper? Cooper Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cooper Wilson. <laughs> uh, that's silly. Uh, <laughs> Wilson. Who is Cooper? Yeah. That, who is Cooper Wilson? <laughs> oh, guy that, that, that's always around my yeah. God. My favorite yeah. guy. Um, <laughs> man, how do we... So, Cooper um, worked at this spot called Austin's TV, which is like a digital conglomerate. Like, it's it's a, it was a YouTube channel. It was also like a, a show on Nickelodeon. It was just... 
it was a lot of things. Um, and when I was on, I right after I was on X Factor, I was doing a lot of like YouTube covers and like just trying to build my fan base and put out a bunch of videos and stuff. And um, I eventually ended up like at Awesomeness TV, uh, partnering with them and like them helping me produce content and just helping me kind of like reach my goals on the internet when it came to at that time it wasn't like tiktok and all this other shit it was it was kind of youtube's game um so he worked there and he was like a part of it but also not a part of it like he was watching me my journey from afar and like i said i was like 15 around that time 15 16 maybe um and then like we lost like that that wasn't like too long it wasn't like a bunch of years like um i i hadn't really seen him forever and then fast forward i ran into him like 2019 um which is not even that long ago it seems like forever ago though and i was performing at this like benefit concert and last minute which is so crazy i found out like the day before and um I was replacing some artists that dropped out um, at the Roxy and I did two songs and I just was sound checking my songs, which sound check is a whole thing. It's so funny because that sound check was stressful. Like I'm a huge sound check guy. I'm a huge like rehearsal guy. Like I like to make sure that my shit is right. That that's like I'm not an angry guy. I'm very chill. I'm a very peaceful person. I'm a very spiritual person. Um and I'm a Libra. I'm very balanced. There's few things that I'm like passionate about to where I, I you can see a little bit more like energy out of me. And when it comes to protecting my presentation and how I present myself, that's like one area. And so I say all that to say it was so funny because that sound check for this benefit concert, they were trying to cut short. And all the other people that went before me, like had gotten their time with their band and all that. I didn't even have a band. I was just seen to track and I was confirmed for this like a day before. So I was like, I don't know what these other guys got going on, but y'all gonna give me my 15 minutes that you said that I was gonna have before I got here. You're like, you set me up for failure. <laughs> Man. And the songs I was singing, I had never performed before. They were original songs that were unreleased that were like super super hard to sing. Cooper walked in um, as I was like talking and going back and forth with the sound people like, um, hey, I need more time. I need my full time. And so he caught that and then he caught like them giving me like three or four extra minutes to do um, one more song or the song one more time. And he was just like, what the hell? Is this the Josh that I saw when he was 15 and then he was like he came up to me literally like as i got off stage for sound check he was like what are you doing bro what what is going on are you signed are you managed what are you working on like please just like i just need to know what is going on and um and i was like it's so funny because i'm still like that now i had just fired my manager um <laughs> this is like the universe coming together i just like, fired my manager bro and i i told him i was like 
Um, I'm chilling, man. Like I, I just fired my <laughs> manager. I have a bunch of songs. Like I've been creating basically a project without like intentionally like trying to make an album. I have a bunch of records that are cohesive that I've just been writing, and I'm just chilling right now. And he was like, "Got it. Um, <laughs> got it. Can we? Can we basically? Can we work together?" And I was, I was open to it. I was like just a free agent at that at that moment. But I still believed in myself and I still wasn't like desperate or like antsy to jump into anything. I kind of took my time and heard him out and told him like what my goals were. And then fast forward, here we are, like just inseparable and like the same, the same person in different fonts, which is dope. <laughs> Well, if if you are listening now and you haven't listened to the Cooper Wilson episode, it's number three, go listen to it. Cause Cooper really is not only is he just like one of the nicest people I've ever met, but he's also one of the hardest working and it's rare to find people, especially in this industry that are both, they're either one or the other, they're either really hardworking and they're very just not social or they're very social and not very hardworking. Cooper is literally an animal. He is both. I don't think I've ever seen cooper not in his element <laughs> um right. so you know that is a, a rare human um, absolutely absolutely <laughs> and it's, it's such a blessing bro and i like i think i thank god all the time because cooper is also my manager is also like an extension of me and he's the first person that i've worked with that closely that is like an extension of who i am um, so I, I still kind of pinch myself. I'm like, damn, this guy really gets it. Like he just understands me, but also he understands the business, but also he understands my goals and my vision. And then he pushes me, but he respects just who I am just outside of like the career outside of the, he, he understands Joshua, um, right? not just Josh Levi. So it's, it really is like, He's great, man. He's great. He's like the best bald guy that I know. <laughs> well, you, uh, he, the other thing too with Coop is like, he doesn't, like you were mentioning too, he, he knows you as Joshua too. And like some managers look at you as just a performance, performance artist or whatever, and view you as a business model. Um, but Cooper doesn't view people like that. You know, at the end of the day, we're all uh, humans and we have our lives and we have emotions and feelings and, and all that. And he, um, He's there for everyone on the business side of things, but also he's there for the personal side, the relationship side. And, um, you know, I'll even just call Coop randomly just to like say what up and we'll end up talking for like 30, 40 minutes just about life, not even anything business related. And so he he's definitely uh, a rare human for sure. And, and he's also, you know, been there a lot recently for you when you've, you know, signed like for example you signed with radio which is Issa Rae's um label with Atlantic um you know you've you wrote music for Insecure um uh you know to talk about some of those early wins and how important they were to you because like a lot of this industry too is about momentum and consistent mm -hmm. consistency and um you know for you signing with radio and finding a, a label that really understood you as well and understood what you were wanting to do and and how to um kind of navigate that that space with them talk about radio that relationship signing that deal and also just working with isa you know i just had benoni on um 
a couple episodes ago too. And, and that's such a great crew. Like I love those guys. They're all very similar to Coop where they're all very genuine. Um, they see you as a human and not just a business uh, talk about radio and, and Issa and Benoni and all that. You've talked to all my people. <laughs> um, That's why I had to get you on. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I love here. Here's here's before you start. I, I love people in general that are just like you that are genuine like you they're not putting on a show they're not putting on an act and that was like one of the things that I wanted to focus on with this podcast and these conversations is having people on that were like just genuine people who at the end of the day like outside of their career and what they're trying to accomplish in their career they're just like amazing people and you know hanging out with like you and and Coop and all those those guys it's like you could like go have dinner with them or go hang out with you guys. And it's not, it's just like, we're all, we're all at the end of the day. We're oh, all, yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the time. Yeah. So no, you're like that too, man. I think that's why you, you, you gravitate towards, towards those people. Cause you're, you're also the same in that. Um, but radio Benoni, the whole thing, Issa, I think the, the the smartest thing or the best thing that an artist can do is is collaborate with going to business with and align yourself with people that are like minded. And what I mean by that is that I think radio's whole mission is to do something new and to do something fresh and to do something excellent. And that's really all I care about. Um, so that's why it was just it was just a no-brainer and it was such a beautiful, um, a beautiful opportunity. Uh and then Issa has is has history in creating things that are excellent and groundbreaking and cutting edge and just new and representing people. And again, that's like that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I aim to do with everything that I do. Um, and she also prioritizes culture and the voice of culture. And again, that's like something that is, that's like a conversation that I have daily with the people that I collaborate with. That's, I'm always thinking about the people. And Issa has done that so well and so successfully for, for a minute now. So that's when I knew I was like, this is a really great marriage great partnership like great opportunity um Benoni as well like he I think we just have respect for each other which is super super dope I've kind of yearned for that for a minute in my career it's like I've always respected so many so many people and then I think people have respected me but they haven't like put energy in into getting to understand me and understand my point of view and help enhance that and help bring it to life in its best and purest form. I really feel like Benoni and radio is doing that. And like I have calls with each department of my team every single week. And it's just very clear. Like if you, if you were ever to listen in on, on the, our conversations, it's very clear that they, care about me and they care about you know what I'm passionate about um, but on the flip side they 
want the best for me and they push me and challenge me and just help me bring that to life in the best way possible so that's like that's my relationship with radio um um, as a whole in general and even the way that it came about was was very much so a, a god thing a lot of things in my life i think right now in the era of my life of just focusing on being great focusing on um giving and focusing on just the craft and my relationship with God. And then in turn, I attract really great things. Um, and radio is like one of the first of many over the past like two years that was like that. It wasn't something that I was chasing or striving for. Like, of course, Coop and I had, we were like at that point a couple months in of like working together. We had conversations of like, do we do we uh, find a partner now or do we just keep doing this independently? At that time, I released disc one. Uh, like some people were were seeing and hearing what I was doing and it was working at a small level. And we were there was like progress being made. Um, so we were like, do we want to keep doing this? And also I was like, um, I'm this is expensive. And I I funded everything that that I everyone saw from me in that era by myself out of my own pocket um so that and that's the business side of it right it's like okay well this is great because I can do whatever I want to do I can I don't have to answer to anyone like I can just do whatever the, just the shit that I want to do but then it came down to like okay well this is like a big investment so do we want to do a partner or not but when radio came into the picture it wasn't like I was taking meetings or anything or like really chasing to be signed to Atlantic or to anyone it, like Benoni called Coop singing don't they yeah. and that's like that's not something I could have <clears throat> put together in my on my own or done in my own power that was just God kind of connecting the dots and a lot of things that have happened a lot of good things that have happened to me but that was was that same exact situation turning red um which is now Grammy nominated and and makes me Grammy nominated and like that. I was just about to say you are officially a Grammy nom uh, nominated artist. How does that feel? <laughs> it's still, I don't know. I still don't even really know how to feel about it. It's it's like weird and I'm so grateful, but I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that from from that opportunity. Um, I didn't submit. What people don't know is I didn't even submit any of disc two or any of like my shit um to be recognized or for consideration for the Grammys so I wasn't even thinking in my head wasn't even like Grammy recognition or nom nomination of course that's one of my biggest goals is to be recognized by the Academy um but since I didn't submit any of my own shit I was and then the Grammys posted advice is on my birthday which is really dope because as like one of the songs that proved that R&B was still alive so yeah. then I, I when I got when I saw that, which was like one of the coolest birthday gifts, because I didn't that wasn't like something I pitched to them or anything. Um I was like, oh shit, well maybe I should have like submitted some stuff of like <laughs> B or whatever. Like I'm I'm I read the room and I'm all about moments and timing and stuff. So I, I want whenever I am recognized by them to be like 
a really dope moment of where I actually put a lot of effort in and I gave it my best shot. And with this too, I'm still like, still, still articulating my, my point of view as an artist. And I've got a bunch of wins with that, but it wasn't something that I was like, let's submit for the Grammys. So turning red in that song, um, being a Grammy nomination and making me a Grammy nominee was unforeseen and unexpected and really, really dope. Um, it makes me feel great. Well, I mean, it's just a, you know, a big accomplishment, but it's not the end too. Like I, I truly believe that you, you can get another Grammy for, you know, your own music yourself too. And this is just the beginning. Um, and, you know, like we mentioned earlier, even though you've been in the game for a minute, like it's only just begun uh, for, for Josh Levi. And and that's what makes me most excited too about you is um it's just uh, it's just been an incredible journey to witness, and um, you had mentioned that Benoni had called Cooper uh, humming one of your songs. I literally, to this day, every time I've been in the studio with you, I drive home, and within five minutes of my drive, I just instinctively am already humming either the lyrics or the melody that you've <laughs> written that day. And I always say to Coop, I'm like, dude, I cannot get this josh song out of my head like it's your your music is just like not catchy in like a popular like viral way it's just like i think it i don't know how to explain it it's just yeah every every studio session i leave in the car singing whatever you were recording that day in the studio so hey, um, that's the goal man that's like if i create something that speaks to the soul that's that's like i feel like my job is done like i feel like i won already um, so, I mean, yes, I do want, I, I do want to, to have like commercial success and I have goals just like everyone else does and all these things that I'd like to be a part of and like charts and, you know, records to break and all this stuff. But, um, I think I've learned to be satisfied with someone just connecting or like someone there, someone feeling something from what I create um it's then I know that the rest the rest will come and I'm gonna keep working hard so that so that it does but if if it speaks to somebody's soul or they feel something then I'm, I'm start. I'm getting started on the right path like I know that I'm on the way to to do the things I want to do amazing well the Grammys are February 5th uh so go watch them and you are up for the best song written for visual media um yes. so that's amazing i can't wait to to see that and um even the recognition is incredible and um yeah like i said 2023 for you i'm excited do you have anything in mind that you're i mean i'm sure you probably can't talk about a lot but uh what are you what are you most excited for about this year like how have you felt um uh, the, the mood I, is for this year the mood for this year is it is uh Overdrive is like the word that I've been saying to Coop, my manager, and just like my family. Like, I feel like people have started to hear a little bit more of what I'm trying to say and see a little bit more of what I'm trying to do um, last year. And for this year, if I use like the analogy of like, I feel like I'm in the, the lobby and I push the button um, and the elevator is opening, but like it's taking forever. I really just want to get to the the rooftop. If like if if the building is like 
success and the, and, the, and the rooftop is like the the peak for where I see myself and like some of my dreams. I feel like I'm like in the lobby, at least I'm in the building. I really just I want to get up to the top floor. So for me, that's what that's how I see this year. I'm really willing to do whatever it takes. Um, I have a lot of music that I've been creating. I, I'm creating more than I ever have. And I'm really passionate and I love what I'm creating. I'm trying to push myself, experiment some, um, and just and just really like find and and create my best, my best shit, but like my best work. Um it's it's challenging because I have so many different ins inspirations sonically. So um I'm really trying to find and create something that makes everyone happy because I'm inspired by so many things. And and I know that like the people, my fans and the people that are watching and listening to what I'm doing are like, are kind of diverse and music. There's like a renaissance of R&B happening right now, which I think is amazing and I love. So I'm, I'm just trying to nail um, and hone in on my sound that I hear in my head and connect that with more people than I ever have in my whole life and my whole career this year. That's the goal, that's the energy. Um, I wanna perform more than I ever have. I did my first tour last year, which out of all the things like Grammy nominee, there's so many amazing things that happened last year. Selling out my first tour was the highlight of my entire year. So now I wanna do that a million more times on bigger scales. Josh Levi Arena Tour. <laughs> Josh Levi Arena Tour. Like this, just the thought of that is, it's dangerous. It's scary. That's like, <laughs> that's a that's an experience right there. Like, well, that, that is your that is your superpower is your performance. You know, we touched on this the first few minutes of our talk today, but your you know I think Sage and I went and watched you play in San Francisco, and even watching you during sound check the way that you articulated the sounds and none of the songs that you performed were um, just like, you didn't like have a DJ playing the track. Like there were live instruments there. Um, and uh, what, what was it? Is Jayhawk, right? Yeah. He, he sounded incredible. He was doing some solos on some of the tracks, everything. It felt like a Super Bowl performance, but it was in this, yeah, th that's what I, <laughs> I think I've, yeah, I told you that after the show, I was like, damn, dude, I felt like I was like at a, at a Super Bowl halftime show. Like that was incredible. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the, the fact that you do that for, you know, a smaller crowd, um, I can't only imagine the, just the electrification of, of what it would sound like. And, you know, a, an auditorium or like an, an arena. Um, you know, I think that once that does happen, people are going to have such a, an amazing experience um, just because you, you do care a lot about the live experience, which is important because I get super disappointed when I have a favorite artist and I'll go see them perform. And I'm just like, <laughs> really? Like, this is how like you're rocking the, the live performances. Cause what I tell people in my medium, which is film, is whenever I do, whether it's a documentary or whatever it is, I always say like the visuals have to go just as hard as the music. You For know, sure. have have you ever listened to a song that you can't get out of your head and you're like, this is amazing. Let me go. I wonder what the 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 music video looks like. And you go look at it and it's like the shittiest video ever. And you're like, wow, this ruins the song for me. 
Yeah. <laughs> like for me, it's like every single experience has to be on the same level. And that's, what's great about you is like, not only is the music great, but if you go see a Josh Levi show, it's like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. That's important to me too. We, we have the same mindset when it comes to that shit. And I've dreamed forever of like a Josh Levi arena tour. What's funny is that even when I make music, I keep that in mind. Like the songs that I like to make and the songs that I resonate with that I'm creating are the ones that I can see myself uh, performing at that level. Like that's how I know I like something that I make. So I always tell people it's two things. It's if I see the music video and if I see the VMA performance slash like arena tour. If I if I can see myself performing that song, then that's like one that I want to be a single or one that I want to create a music video to or one that I want to move forward with. Um, so that's that's definitely like a, a main uh, priority in my head. Well, I love it. I'm excited for more live performances from you. And I uh, before we go, I want to kind of do some quick fire questions. Just like, you don't have to give a super long answer, but I just want to kind of fire them away. Go for it. I'm so bad at this. But... <laughs> They're going to be simple. They're super simple. First one is, uh, what's your favorite song you've ever written? Why? Um, It is Heaven Slash Nosebleed. And I'm going to break the rules with these. I don't care. I know I <laughs> Heaven, because uh, I recently shared... I think it was today's Friday. So I don't know if that was this week or last week, but that the song is actually about my mom who has stage five kidney disease. As you know, you've like documented some of that um, for me. Your but, mom is one of the nicest, sweetest people I've ever met, by the way. She's incredible. Amen. I appreciate that. She's one, she's my favorite person. Um, so that song has a deep meaning and I think it's like some of my best work lyrically. And then Nosebleed is also cool um, because I just love the concept. It's about feeling so far from someone that you used to know so well that it makes you feel like you're in the nosebleeds of a stadium and that person is like on the ground floor, um, which I didn't even know, I guess is what happened with my parents is the story with my parents. <laughs> I didn't, that's not what I, how I, the reason that I wrote it, but my mom was listening to it one day and she was like, oh, that's really happened with, me and your dad. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, those two songs are, are my favorite. I go back and forth. Nice. What is your favorite album uh, of all time? Like if you could pick one album that Josh Levi has been influenced by the most uh, by another artist, what would it be? Oh, this is like where it's just like unfair. <laughs> There's too many. Yeah, like I I love Bad by Michael Jackson. Um, I love Human by Brandy. Definitely. I think that might have been like the very first album I ever like dove into. Um, and I love the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. Amazing. What is your actually, you know what? I, I was gonna ask you what your favorite instrument is, but I think you already said it. it's electric guitar, right? It's electric guitar. I do play piano, but um electric guitar is just like these sexiest like it just turns me on it's just it just does it for me it's the best mm -hmm. yeah for me it was always slide guitar i don't know why but there was something about slide guitar that just was very That's appealing uh how do you um how do you handle writer's block like do you have to put yourself in a situation where you 
try to make yourself inspired or do you just say, you know what, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm just going to wait until the time comes again. I do not force shit, bro. Like I, that's why I love still human so much because I'm constantly putting effort into reminding myself of that daily when it's not flowing. It just isn't flowing. And I, I don't make that a bad thing. I just literally pause until it comes back to me. And I I actually appreciate those moments because if sometimes when I go and I'm like, and God downloads all this stuff in my head for so long, it can it can easily feel like it can become sometimes robotic to where it's like I'm always just in the flow and I always can just create and produce and put things together and put yeah but but that's not really realistic so I appreciate the moments where I'm just blank and blind and just ugly and and I just don't force it so during like my tour uh, I don't know if I've talked about this during my tour in like fashion week in Milan and right before tour I had no inspiration to create anything um, I think because probably because I was so focused on putting together like a really strong show but it took me it took me like three months to, I was in a writer's block for three months. And then I went to Atlanta to record and to write. And then I came out of Atlanta, super inspired. And I was working and creating so much during December. I never work during December. I'm the biggest Christmas guy you'll ever know. You'll ever meet. Love that. So take December <laughs> off. But I was creating hella shit during December. Um, and that, that fled into january now so i'm like really inspired at the moment amazing well i got a couple more for you uh this one actually is my favorite one i can't wait to ask you this but what is the most un unusual location you've ever written a song unusual location huh that's a good one i have to think um words a lot of times like a song I won't write a whole song in in a moment. Sometimes I'll just have the concept that'll come to me. Or sometimes I'll just have a word that like is the whole song. So um um I wrote a song one time at the hospital and I've written a song like outside of like an ambulance because <laughs> i had to call 911 on this girl one time and uh that's episode two of our podcast we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a two two and a half hour long ther <laughs> therapy session yeah that's kind of like where uh a lot of my i wrote like three songs from that situation so that was that was kind of dramatic and very just chaotic um so i think i think that's my answer there's probably more that i can think of because like i said words come to me and then i just write down the word and then i later like built the song from that but this too was came from a lot of just a lot of chaotic emotions and like crazy situations and so there's definitely some ambulances some nine one ones, hospitals and yeah I love it. Okay, I got I got one more for you. I, um, you know, everything leading up to today, January 21st, uh, in your opinion, what is the most memorable moment moment of your career so far? 
of like the whole the whole life your whole life it could be when you were young it could be yesterday it could be <laughs> any time any any place um just the most memorable moment uh, of your of your career so far hmm i have a few i, I think there's okay so i have two but they're kind of the same so when i was on x factor um my first audition in front of Demi Lovato, Kelly Rowland, Simon Cowell, and Paulina Rubio. Um, I sang Come and Get It by Selena Gomez. And the way that those auditions worked, they were the televised audition, but before then you had to do like a bunch of auditions to even get to that point. And for the televised audition that everyone saw, that's like in a huge like arena. Like not arena, but it's like in a, a huge theater um and it's full of people that just like love to watch tv show auditions and i remember walking out on that stage and just kind of being nervous but also like surprised by like this confidence and comfortability that i had and even when i watch it like i watch that video maybe once every seven years i cannot watch it a lot um, <laughs> I let me pull it up. Let me pull it. Get it. Pull it up. Pull it. No, I literally <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. And <laughs> um, I, would not, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> um, I felt so comfortable, bro. I felt so like I felt so powerful, and I feel like that was my purpose to share my gift at. Like that was like such a uh, at a big capacity because, like I said, it was a, a theater full of people, so it basically was a concert, but like in front of judges and only one song. And I remember singing and telling the audience, like, put your hands up and wave your hands. And no one does that at an, at an audition like that. They just are trying to impress the judges. But I wasn't even caring. I didn't care about the judges. I was so grateful to have like a bunch of people ready to receive something that I wanted to give. And that feeling, the closest feeling that I had to that was my first, my LA show on my first tour, on the Vices tour. And I hadn't felt like that in a long time, even though there had been years in between of performances and concerts and shit. And just like before was that, whatever. Was that the Peppermint show? Yeah. Um, it was a packed room. I was actually over capacity and I didn't know until like the day of. And just having everyone there sing every single song, even like not just the popular ones, but every single song on my EP knowing all the words and just giving me the energy back that I was giving to them was the closest thing that I felt to um, to X Factor when no one knew who I was. Um, so it's like two separate, two separate moments, but they like coincided um, in some way and were very special. And it kind of connected me with like my inner child in a bit and um, to a, to a level. So that's my answer. I like that the inner child comment because I'm gonna I'm gonna end it on this. Every everything it's kind of like the Virgil quote. Um, they actually painted a mural of Virgil uh, here in L.A. Um, on Beverly, and the quote next to the mural of him was, uh, "Everything I do is like for my 18 year old self." And you know, I know that you're not a, a child when you're 18, but still, in that time frame, a lot of us when we for you example when you were on stage you 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 mentioned you felt that in that like childlike state and that's mm -hmm. what's most important that's like the most pure yeah. like just 
that's purity right there. Like you yeah, are yeah. just in your element. And it sounds to me like you are a natural born gifted performer. That's where you love to be on stage. You're obviously a great writer, great voice, great musician. But at the end of the day, when you're on stage, you feel like a kid. Um, so yeah. you got the Fisher Price Toys R Us microphone in your hand and <laughs> <laughs> your, your PJs. <laughs> Mom's got the VCR. Yeah, that's that's the childlike state. Well, well, Josh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for for taking the time to to be on. And and like I said, I'm I'm a fan of your music and I love it. And and I can't wait to see you know all the the big wins um, this year for you. And uh, like I said too, the Grammys February fourth. Yeah. Uh, or fifth, excuse me, February fifth. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? It's it's I can't believe it's already January twenty first. It's just absurd. You know, I follow this Twitter account that I've been following for like three years and mm-hmm. every, every other day, or actually I think it is every single day. It's like a bot, the automated tweet bot. And every day it shoots out a little graphic that shows you a bar with a percentage of how far along we are in the year. Mm-hmm. And the way that Twitter has their like algorithm set up now is that instead of it being like in chronological order, it just feeds you your personalized whatever. So it seems like every two or three weeks, I see a tweet from that account. And one day it's, you know, we're 2% into the year. Then I look again and it's, we're 6%. Then we're 24% into the year. And then, you know, October, November is rolling around and it's 70, 80%. And it always blows my mind. Um, I guess the reason I'm trying to explain is just like time concept of time. I feel like the older we get, it's just bizarre. It's just very bizarre. <laughs> so I'm grateful for my faith and belief in God, because if I didn't have that, I would allow like the concept of time to like torture me every single day. Cause it, it really is a bizarre thing, but yep. having faith and peace in the things that I cannot control and knowing that I'm taken care of and set up to win um, allows me to kind of just surrender to time and not let that like, um, torture me or just make me anxious because life does go really fast and like there's so many things I want to accomplish at a younger age that I still haven't yet but God can do anything anything is impossible and anything can happen so absolutely well like the famous wise words of Ram Das, be here now <laughs> yes. be here now enjoy the moment the present moment because it's it's gonna fade away and um yeah josh i i appreciate you man this has been a fun talk and uh who knows maybe we'll have to do one a year from now to check in on on how this uh this year went <laughs> yeah that'll be dope man I'll, I'll be able to talk about all the things that i said on this podcast and be like man remember when we when i said i wanted to accomplish that remember we just said josh <laughs> I literally just put it on sale yesterday and it sold out. Oh, I love it. I I'm a firm <laughs> believer. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Josh. We'll, we'll talk again soon and uh, have an amazing year. Yes, sir. You too, man. Appreciate you.